welcome to another episode of the Canadian Space Society podcast, Space A. I'm your host, Mahima Kapoor, and today I have with me a very special guest. His name is Adam Trumpour. He is a driven aerospace engineering professional with a long-standing fascination with rocket and gas turbine propulsion systems and the science and engineering that underlies them. His passion is in uniting the theoretical with the practical, producing real-world designs, getting, my, getting his hands dirty, and developing and fabricating and testing actual hardware. He's had the pleasure of working in concept design and integration at Pratt & Whitney Canada on aircraft turbine engines, and in his spare time, does the design, build, and testing of liquid propellant rocket propulsion systems, mentors student rocketry teams, and works to advance the cause of entrepreneurial space and rocketry in Canada. Hi, Adam. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for being on our podcast today. So I've got a couple of interesting questions lined up for you for today's episode. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit more about your background, something maybe that I haven't mentioned in the intro. And how did you get interested in space and engineering in the first place? Mm, good question. Um, and I think, you know, sp space has been one of those interests that's really been with me almost my entire life in some form or another. And I think it it kind of started with uh, with Space Lego back when I was very young. And at a certain point, I think by about age seven, I graduated from that to uh, to flying model rockets. And then over the years, the, uh, the rockets just sort of kept getting bigger. And then by the time I was in high school, I realized that what I particularly was gravitating towards was the propulsion aspect, which is kind of the heart and soul of what, a, what makes a rocket what it is. And as a young Canadian, you know, we didn't really have a lot of rocket companies around. So I kind of concluded that if I really wanted to get my hands dirty and learn this technology in a medium a meaningful way, I was really just going to have to do it myself. So I started making the jump to uh, building my own hybrid and liquid rocket engines and uh, kept on with that, um, built on it over the course of several years to the point where I, uh, I kind of developed a, a home rocket lab that's uh, probably one of, uh, one of the most unique of its kind in the country. And along the way, uh, a very interesting thing started happening. Um, after years of feeling like a bit of a cry in the wilderness as a Canadian rocket guy, um, all of a sudden we started seeing this huge rise of interest in rocketry among students. And that kind of coincided with these international developments with companies like SpaceX. Um, a lot of Canadians were watching this and getting really inspired by it. And they found themselves doing much the same thing that I had done and taking it upon themselves to start diving into rocket engineering. And so I found myself mentoring uh, a growing number of them. And that's just kind of continued to build over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a perfect, perfect segue into my next question. So you're talking about mentoring a lot of student rocketry teams. So tell us a little bit about your initiative, which is called Launch Canada. 
What is it and what inspired you to start it? So that uh, that came about uh, in, a, in an interesting and sort of organic fashion. For the Canadian rocket teams, the initial catalyst that really gave them a reason to exist was a, uh, a rocket competition that takes place every year in the United States. Um, called the Spaceport America Cup. And that started a number of years ago. And uh, Canadians were very early participants in that competition. And for them, that was really the first time that they had this very clear path to being able to get their hands dirty building rockets. And what started with a, just a couple teams in the uh, Toronto and Montreal areas um, very quickly spread to become a genuine nationwide phenomenon uh, to the point where today there are something like 22 major university rocket teams all across the country. My first real introduction to this, because this was happening um, several years after I had finished my undergrad, a team got started at the University of Toronto and I was sort of one of the early mentors for that team. They wanted to build their own hybrid rocket engines to power their rocket and I'd sort of built up this skill set that was not very common in Canada and so I spent a lot of time helping them and that carried on for a number of years and then gradually other teams started finding their way to me as well and so it, it kind of expanded out like that. Well then um, a couple years ago there was a, uh, a conference that took place in Toronto, the uh, Smallsat Symposium hosted by the, uh, the former uh, Canadian Space Commerce Association and I was invited by the organizers of that conference to put together an entire session uh, dedicated to rockets and space launch and this was actually the first time that any major Canadian space conference had done that for a very long time, the whole launch aspect is something that's been largely absent from Canadian, uh, the Canadian space ecosystem. You know, we've tended to focus on these niche areas, but the question of how stuff actually gets to space never really got addressed. So when I was putting that together, I realized that these students by that point represented a lot of what was going on in rocketry in Canada. And so I wanted to give them a platform to be able to come together and kind of tell their stories because most people by that point really had no idea this was even happening. So we had a couple big panel discussions about student rocketry that ended up being, you know, standing room only. And the students acquitted themselves amazingly. I think everybody was really blown away by the talent and the dedication that they demonstrated. And I gave a talk as well at that conference that kind of drew a bunch of these themes together and was pointing out that what these students are doing is really analogous to how the space industry began in the first half of the 20th century. 20th century rocket development was originally driven entirely by amateurs in the, this era, you know, before NASA and rocket companies existed. And these students are doing exactly the same thing in Canada and for the same reason, because there's no other path to doing it. And uh, in the, the questions and answers that followed, you know, I, I talked about how valuable these amateur or student projects can be in building the kind of real world engineering skills you need to be able to take on these kinds of projects. And so the person uh, in the audience was asking questions about, you know, had I thought about trying to launch one of my own liquid rockets? And I said, well, yes, but here's why the regulatory environment in Canada uh, makes it unclear whether I would be able to. And he said, well, has anybody thought about trying to put together a Canadian 
rocket competition so that you'd at least have that event where you could do something like that. And uh, it turned out that, you know, some people had approached the Canadian Space Agency, but had not gotten a very positive reception to that. So then the fellow asked, well, what if uh, I were to put up uh, $10,000 in prize money for the creation of the first ever Canadian rocket competition? Would that give us something real and tangible? And so I was thinking, wow, now that's actually really interesting. Well, then another couple uh, fellows in the audience stepped up offering to match that money. And so really that was the genesis of Launch Canada. So I started it originally to, to try to make that a reality and put together the first ever Canadian rocket competition so that these students could actually do uh, what they do here in Canada and make it more visible. But it's sort of expanded quite a bit beyond that because one of the things that we've realized is, as you might imagine, rocketry is a very specialized area of engineering and it's no secret that there are hazards involved with it as well. And so safety is a really big piece of what uh, I feel is really important. And so making sure that these students have access to the kind of expertise and resources they need in order to be safe and successful is really important. So increasingly Launch Canada is sort of becoming this vehicle to draw together the entire Canadian rocketry community um, and help make sure that it can grow and thrive in, uh, in a safe and successful way. I'm so glad that we finally do have a Canadian rocket challenge. That's amazing. So why don't you tell us what have been some of the most exciting innovations that have come out of Launch Canada? Right now, I think, uh, you know, it's one of the cool things is we we used the uh, the Spaceport America Cup competition as our initial model. And so really we're, we're taking a, a similar approach, but we're trying to be a little bit more active in the, uh, the kind of resources and feedback that we provide to the students. And for me, one of the coolest things has just been the unbelievable diversity of projects and ideas. Um, one of the greatest things about rocket projects is that there is no more multidisciplinary um, field of engineering than rocketry. Every engineering discipline works its way in, in some form or another. And so you'll find that, you know, you might have a team where most of their members are electrical engineers. And so they'll really focus heavily on developing a new uh, avionics suite for their rockets, new telemetry system or a really cool payload. You'll have other teams that maybe are really into uh, to composite manufacturing. And so they'll develop some really impressive lightweight composite structures. Um, there's just so many different ways that people can approach this. There are other teams that will focus heavily on a payload and might do some cool biological experiments, all kinds of different things. Um, but the greatest thing is how multidisciplinary these teams are. And so you can have a case where, you know, you've got a biology major who's working on a payload who then finds themselves helping to lay up carbon fiber uh, rocket body tubes um, or, you know, finds themselves doing up uh, pipe fittings on a hybrid rocket engine. So you, you'll get all these students gaining so much more exposure to different areas of engineering outside of what they would normally have a chance to interact with. And I, I think that's one of the coolest things because it really gets people thinking in very different ways. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing that Launch Canada, you know, as a platform allows students to do that and have access. So that's, that's super cool. Let's talk a little bit about what the challenge is for 2020 and what the plan for Launch Canada having that payload challenge is. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're working uh, towards our first uh, first iteration of the competition. And obviously with, uh, with COVID, this has been a huge challenge, not just for us planning the event, but for the student teams as well. In many cases, you know, they, they haven't really had much access to their workspaces. So it's been a very, very challenging year and there's still an, an awful lot of uncertainty going forward, but we're hoping that we'll be able to, uh, to make a competition happen uh, later on this year. We've got uh, the competition broken down into sort of three sub-challenges. There's a basic launch challenge, there's an advanced launch challenge, and there's a technology development challenge. So the uh, the basic launch is designed to be a, a very accessible kind of entry-level challenge that parallels pretty closely what uh, what they do at the Spaceport America Cup currently. So teams can uh, build a rocket. The goal is to launch to an altitude of 10,000 feet. Beyond that, it's fairly open how they go about building that rocket. So they can use, you know, big off-the-shelf hobby uh, rocket motors um, or more ambitious teams, if they so choose, can uh, can develop their own. But they're also encouraged to, uh, to develop a payload for their rocket. And that's where the payload challenge comes in because at the end of the day, you know, there's this symbiotic relationship between a rocket and a payload. The payload justifies the rocket and the rocket enables the payload. So we want to get the students thinking in those terms. Then there's the advanced launch challenge, which is intended for launches to higher altitudes. And it's specifically for teams that are building their own propulsion system. And so we've got a number of the more advanced teams that are taking part in that one. And for that challenge, we're trying to focus on the uh, the systems engineering aspect. So we're not trying to prescribe a specific you know, altitude or anything like that to the teams. Rather, we want them to define what their mission is going to be, and we give them some, you know, fairly flexible, um, high-level guidelines and rules. Um, but we want them to think about what their mission is, what their requirements are going to be, and then we will assess them based on how effectively they build a product that fulfills those requirements that they've set for themselves. But in addition to that, we realized that, you know, rockets are full of possible sub-projects. And the reality is if you've got one year to design and build and fly an entire vehicle, that doesn't give you a whole lot of time to go really in depth in any one area. So we wanted to have a whole separate category available. It takes almost more of a science fair approach. So if teams want to dive into some very specific aspect of rocket technology, um, they can propose a project to do that, whether that's, you know, test firing a rocket engine or developing a super lightweight, you know, liquid oxygen valve or a new telemetry system or whatever. Um, so we wanted this to be really flexible so that students can go wherever their interests uh, take them. But we also wanted to get them thinking about the entrepreneurial aspect and think about, you know, what are the core problems um, in rocketry? 
and see if they can make make their project align with some of these fundamental problems and think about uh, you know maybe they're developing a product that they could actually sell one day maybe there's a business case for this so we want them to think about that whole dimension of what they're doing as well and not just the technology in a vacuum what according to you then is the greatest challenge in space? Now, this is a, a very broad question. Some of them you might be addressing through Launch Canada and the tech challenges that you guys are working on, but what is the greatest challenge in space? And this could be you know, policy related, innovation related, or tech related. It's really up to you how you wanna take this question, but I would love to know your thoughts on this. Great question, and and obviously that's uh, that, that's a pretty uh, pretty broad one. I think one of the biggest challenges is the fact that it's so multidisciplinary, and there are so many interlinked pieces to it. One of the things that I realized pretty quickly, you know, starting with a, a fairly simple premise that you know we we want to launch some rockets. Uh, you realize very quickly that there are a whole lot of pieces that need to be addressed in order to make that possible in Canada. So for example, Transport Canada is the body that regulates stuff that flies. They don't currently have a process for approving the launch of, let's say, a student or an amateur built liquid propellant rocket. Mm -hmm. So we've been working with Transport Canada uh, to uh, figure out a way to make that possible. If you want to launch stuff, obviously you need a physical place where you can do it. And generally that means you want a really big, really empty area where you can fly a rocket and if something goes wrong, you know, it's not going to be a danger to anybody. Well, finding a suitable area like that is not always easy either. Um, and so getting that part sorted out has been a major piece. Funding, very famously, is one of the central challenges in rocketry. You know, as, as they said in the, uh, the, the right stuff, quite famously, no bucks, no buck rogers. So you get all of these aspects that go well beyond just the technology, um, but they all have to be solved. And just the fact that there are so many different moving parts um, is one of the biggest challenges with it all. Right. And one of the other things that I think is super exciting about Launch Canada and the fact that you're mentoring so many young people to then address some of these challenges of, you know, that you've mentioned about space being very multidisciplinary, but how would you like to see young people more engaged in, in space in general, whether, you know, it's through Launch Canada, which is one aspect and one program that's running, but how would you like to see them get more engaged in space or maybe even through your experience of getting engaged in space, how would you like to see that engagement grow and evolve in the years to come? I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that has been a real problem in Canada for a very long time is that space has tended to be seen as this very regional industry. You know, obviously the Montreal area and the Toronto area are fairly big aerospace hubs. Outside of that, there isn't all that much. So like if you were a student going to university in Saskatchewan, 
space is probably not on your radar because there's probably no aerospace related content in any of your academic programs, uh, at least not in any significant way. There are probably almost no aerospace companies close to you. So it's not necessarily something that you even see as an option. So there can be this disconnect, I think, where on the one hand, you know, watching the the stuff that's going on at companies like SpaceX has been really exciting and inspiring for this, uh, this younger generation and e even for us slightly older folks. But that's not going to go anywhere if students don't see it as a real possibility for them. And I think in Canada, we have not done enough very often to make space genuinely accessible outside of maybe, you know, a couple little niche areas. And so what I really want to see is us moving to a situation where Canadians actually feel like they can aspire to do something in that area. Uh, and it doesn't have to be just, you know, one of three niche areas. If they get inspired by something, you know, maybe they're watching footage of uh, one of SpaceX's Falcon Heavy launches and seeing the th this amazing footage of, uh, you know, the simultaneous vertical landing of the boosters from that rocket and thinking, wow, this is the most science fiction thing I've ever seen in my life. I want to know more about the technology that makes that possible. Wouldn't it be great if they could take that inspiration and actually feel like they had a path to learning more about it and maybe even doing something with uh, with that? And so that that's really where I want to see us go, move towards a, a country where we genuinely support um, students and young people and those students and young people understand that they can find the support they need if this is what captures their interest. So glad that Launch Canada is available and trying to make uh, space more accessible to a lot of students from different backgrounds. I think that's an amazing stepping stone to some of the things that you're talking about and how young people can get more involved. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, and Adam, that's all the questions I had for you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Do you have any final thoughts before we conclude the episode for our audiences? Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You know, I, I think this really is a tremendously exciting time in the space industry in Canada. And I, I feel that we are kind of on the cusp of uh, a, really a new era here where we, uh, we will find that there are a lot more opportunities available. And on the rocket side of things, you know, the students have really been driving a lot of that. There are now several startup companies in Canada that are working towards developing orbital launch vehicles. And every one of them was either founded by former student rocketry team members uh, or else hires almost exclusively from among the Canadian student rocket teams. Because right now, that's where you find expertise with relevant skills in Canada. So the fact that we're at that point where what started with this kind of grassroots student movement has actually started to create entire new space companies uh, is really amazing. And I think that that just goes to show uh, how much potential there is uh, in carrying this forward if only we can come together and do more than we have been to actually support it. 
Absolutely. And that's a very, very inspiring message, I think, for all the young people who are listening to the podcast and also, I think, widely in the Canadian space community. I hope people will get inspired and hopefully, even if, you know, they don't have a technical background, can still be involved in some way or the other and advocating for space advancement. So um, that is amazing. And thanks so much again, Adam, for being with us today and chatting with us. I, I really enjoyed talking with you and I hope you had a good time as well. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Stay tuned for uh, more exciting episodes from the Canadian Space Society. Bye.